You're listening to the Superpod HeroCast, a Night Shift Radio production. Trainwreck is a good phrase for it. Yeah, this is this is fucking bullshit. Full speed okay. ahead. Choo choo. We're back here again. <laughs> fucking with a bad movie. Oh. And not only a bad movie, a bad Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, I, I was like, weren't we aren't we done watching bad Fantastic Four movies? Nope. Not yet. The answer is now we are. Now we are. Because I swear to God, Kevin Feige, if you make a bad Fantastic Four movie, I'm fucking coming for you. Oh, hello. Hello. And welcome to the Superpod HeroCast. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Episode 117. I'm Casey Ryan. And I'm Todd Panic. And we watched. <laughs> Fantastic Four. <laughs> fucking Fantastic Four 1994. God fucking damn it. <laughs> so, now to be fair, I, I, I think... Of no, there's ev- no fair in this. Well, this movie no, is no. fucking garbage. Okay. But... Um, <laughs> Yes, yes, and I think of all of all the movies in Thor's helmet since we started this podcast, I would say the the the, the single movie that I have been asked the most about whether we really? were doing it was this one. Oh yeah. Oh, interesting. And also, I would like to piggyback on that. In all the movies in Thor's helmet, this is the fucking worst. <laughs> Um, there's uh, nope. I do, mm, I don't know that it's the worst and there's some things here here's let's let's have a moment of of silence out of respect for the victims that being the cast of this movie who so are I think doing their I think, best I, well I think a couple of them the, the dude who's playing Reed Richards is like I don't think this movie's seen the light of day I'm not really gonna try in this movie and poor Jay Underwood. The boy who could fly. Hey, guys, remember when we thought autism was a superpower? Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, Yeah. So, okay. All right. Hang on. Let's, uh, let's, we got some, we can't just, you know, we, there's order here, Casey. We, we have structure. There's a way we do these things. Okay. Since we are guys with beers talking about movies with capes. What are we drinking? So this evening we're 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 half a guys with beer talking about movies with capes. You you yeah. you've got some blood work coming up, so you're fasting, drinking water. Mm-hmm. Totally appropriate. I, on the other hand, am not talking about this movie nor watched this movie sober. So yeah, must um, be nice. Must be yeah. fucking nice. <laughs> yeah, how's no, that feel? It feels fucking great. So I am drinking uh, actually a beer. Very happy to see, not from our usual haunt at uh, Branch Hill Bottle Shop, which is no. the finest beer selection around, but it was one of those, I think I grabbed this 12-pack last week at the end of the work week. I was out of beer, ran to this to the little convenience store by me, picked up mm-hmm. a 12-pack from Sloop Brewing Company, which is out of oh. East Fishkill, New York. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, uh, Sloop's Juice Bomb is kind of how I first became aware of them. They've expanded sure. their line. But uh, Sloop Brewing Company is um, grounded in the craft and tradition of brewing, open to adventure. It's more than just a slogan. It's what's behind every beer they brew. Mm-hmm. So this was their bomb mixed pack. And I'm drinking this evening their Mosaic Bomb, which is a Northeast IPA. And it's characterized 
by the Mosaic Hops. It's 6.5% alcohol by volume. It's a a regular 12-ounce can. The Mosaic Hops, uh, the Sloop Bomb series, is exploring the hazy, juicy, and unique flavors of hop varietals and combinations. So, spoiler, I've drank this beer a few times before. It is delicious, and I will be enjoying it while you are sensibly hydrating. All right, so this beer, absolutely delicious. Uh, not going to tease you because I know you're not drinking, but uh, I need Listen, this. the water I'm dr- drinking is delicious as well. Perfect, perfect. Oh, God. And we were good. just down in, near Fishkill. Oh, were you? Yeah, down uh, near Monticello. We went to oh. a little uh, indoor water park down there for, for a day. That's right. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a popular... Des- uh, indoor water parks are popular destinations for the Ryan family. Sure are. The bear, it's, it's his favorite thing to do. That's pretty sweet. That's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. And that picture you shared was really adorable. <laughs> yeah, that's not for anyone else. You yeah. guys don't get to see the cute pictures from <laughs> no, my family vacation. No. Listen, I, no, I, you got you to gotta be uh, long-time buddies. Yeah, uh, fuck yeah. Uh, all right, now, we have no no reshoots or reactions. Nope. Um, let's talk about... I, so, one, I have a feeling that tonight's episode is going to be one of those ones where we're just chit-chatting and... Oh, there's a movie thrown in occasionally. <laughs> oh, by the way, yeah. So, so this movie, I think the most interesting part thing about this movie is actually like the story of the movie itself. Yeah. Um, so there is, and actually, I I saw it as I was doing the research for this. There's a documentary about this called um, "Doomed: The Untold Story of Roger Corman's The Fantastic Four. You can watch it for free right now in a few different places. Um, Tubi has it. Mm-hmm. Um, free V. You know, if you've got Amazon, which is like is yeah. like two is Tubi for Amazon almost. Yeah, it seems like everything that's on Tubi is on Free V. Yep. Um, I got to be honest with you. I'm probably going to go watch that documentary, and I have oh, a feeling yes. that I <laughs> I'm going to wish that we had done that documentary instead of this movie itself. Listen, but, man, bonus content. We might okay. do a, a bonus on a documentary. So, I, you know, the most important name, I think, connected to this movie is the... Um, he, he's not even listed as the producer in the on the Wikipedia page. He's not... He's not directly listed. He he's uh, more of that executive producer role. But um, the great Roger Corman, um, also known as the King of Cult, you know, I think when we've talked about, well, let's see, when we talked about trauma and trauma's place in indef- independent film, I think actually mm. in that episode, the Toxic Avenger, I think I talked about Roger Corman as another person that you have to talk about when we talk about the history of film as a yeah. as a medium. Um, you know, look, Corman is not Scorsese, although, uh, Martin Scorsese, uh, was a filmmaker who worked with Corman. Um, and in Mm -hmm. fact, the list of, so I've got a list here from the Wiki, from Corman's Wikipedia page. I'm just going to give you some of the names of noted filmmakers, directors, producers, writers, cinematographers who worked with Corman usually early in their careers. But here's just a sampling. Francis Ford Coppola. Mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese, yep. Ron Howard, yeah. Peter Peter Bogdanovich, Jonathan Demme, Gail Ann Hurd, James Cameron. Well, now, yeah. many of them they go have, together. Yeah, they go together, right? Many have said that Corman's influence taught them some of the ins and outs of filmmaking. And in the extras of the DVD of The Terminator, 
Director James Cameron asserts, I trained at the Roger Corman Film School. Yeah, he did Piranha, right? Or yes. Piranha 2? Yeah, yeah. One of the Piranhas, yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the, I first became aware of Roger Corman um, as a fan of Ron Howard as his, you know, in his directing. And Corman gave Ron Howard his directing break. So Ron right. Howard co-wrote and directed 1977's Grand Theft Auto. And Corman reported, reportedly told Howard, if you do a good job in this film, you'll never have to work for me again. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a good way to never have to deal with that shit again. Yeah, That's right. That's right. But, you know, again, Corman is this almost kind of rogue figure in the history of film. And, you know, yeah. he's not putting out... Uh, the Godfather, but he, no, 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 no. But you, you cannot talk about the history of film without talking about Corman and his influence on it. Uh, I can't help noticing. I, do you have any more names? Uh, the writers, directors, but you can, you can. Um, you're forgetting fine. about uh, the the OG gangster Joker himself, Jack Nicholson. Got to start with Corman, yeah. In yeah. Little Shop of Horrors, That's not. Right. As the dentist, as you would think you would, he is the dentist patient, who's played by Bill Murray in the musical version. That's right. And uh, the dentist was... <clears throat> Steve Martin. Oh, Steve Martin. Oh, it, oh in, in Corman's? Oh. I don't know who it was in the yeah, Corman's. Yeah. yeah. It was... Hold for one. I'm on the page. Sure. Oh, um, uh, Dick Miller was also in the... Um, Little Shop of Horrors, Mr. Huh. Futterman from... Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you, so you mentioned Jack Nicholson. I, I didn't I, I didn't copy over the list, but, it, you know, I think it's it's fair to talk about. Um, the list of um, people with, you know, actors that kind of got a break early on in their career. Um, Jack Nicholson, Peter Fonda, Bruce Dern, Charles Bronson, God. Dennis Hopper, Tommy Lee Jones, Talia Shire, Sandra Bullock, Robert De Niro, David Carradine. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And I mean, Cor Corman was America's answer to Hammer Films. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Schlocky, low-budget shit. You know? Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't think you would have gotten Troma. Like, Troma is a more, uh, more obscene... More vulgar, more sensationalistic version of Corman's stuff, but you yeah. don't get there without Corman, right? And without that, we wouldn't have gotten James Gunn. That's right. That's right. So, um, and his, let's see, Corman's career, film career starts in 1955, in which he directs and produces, well, 55, three films of his are direct. In, let's try that again. In 1955. Three yeah. films that he directed and produced were released. Five Guns West, Apache Woman, and Day the World Ended. And from there, the guy is working nonstop, you know, uh -huh. in one of those roles. I would say arguably, you know, his producing, executive producing is, you know, probably where his greatest spread is. But the guy has been involved in filmmaking for more than half, you know, 70 years. It's crazy. And he's still alive. <laughs> yeah, sure is. I don't think he's still active. I'm looking at his credits. It looks like the last one I see, 2018 executive producer of Death Race Beyond Anarchy, which was the <laughs> the fourth and final remake in the Death in the Death Race remake series. Oh God, uh, the Death Race cinematic universe. Yeah, that's right. 
the DRCU. That's right. That's right. Oh my god. But uh yeah. So the interesting thing Holy about Holy shit. What's that? Do you know how many credits Mr. Corman has? I didn't I know how many. I was looking on his wiki, not the IMDb. How many? Nine hundred and forty eight. Come on. God bless you, sir. Good lord, that's incredible. That's incredible. Oh my gosh, that's that's just crazy. That's crazy. You're not fucking around there for sure. So, so I, let's let's talk about the other um, production names here. Then I think let's spend a moment on the history of this movie because again, I think that's the most interesting <laughs> we, thing we're going to talk about tonight. Do we have to? We do. Well, yeah. <laughs> so two guys get uh, writing credits. Um, and I'm going to tell bastards. you, you might have heard of one of their movies each, uh, but, you know, there's not a whole lot there that you would have heard of. Um, Craig J. Nevius wrote a movie that starred Alan Thicke called Step Monster. I don't oh. know if, I don't know if no. you ever saw that. Yeah. Um, I, I actually remember that. It was, it, was not, it was a fun movie for kids. Uh, um, also uh, wrote some stuff for TV movies, wrote a lot of direct-to-video. Um, the other writer is Kevin Rock, who has mm-hmm. only a handful of credits. He wrote Warlock, the Armageddon, which was like oh, the third or fourth movie in that series with Julian who, Sands. F- who fucking cares? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Should have uh, stopped after one. Yeah. <laughs> that series the, is... The, the first one's not bad. I mean, for what it is. That's what not, I'm saying. It should have yeah. stopped after one. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I think it's fine. It's, it's there. It's a thing. It, it exists. No. Sure. But it four exists. of them don't need to exist. Um. Now, this movie, The Fantastic Four, is directed by Ole Sesson, oh, who boy. is a prolific music video director in the 80s. And, you know, Eric Clapton, Gloria Stefan, and, all these, you know, the musicians who were the 80s. Uh, and he boy, does it fucking show in this because it is just like <laughs> everything shot like a music video. Well, hey, listen, you, you, you know what you know. You know what you know, yeah. I mean, the same can be said about David Finchner. You you know a David Finchner um, music video when you see one, and it just looks like how he shoots most of his movies. He's kind of shied away from that now, but like Seven is shot like a David Fincher um, music video. So it's Fight Club, like real real high and low contrasts, a lot of lot of almost noir feel to the lighting of it. Yep. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's Fincher. That's uh, Alien Three or sure. Alien Cubed or however Cube. the fuck you say that name. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> Alien to the Third Power? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Got so, it. Oh. So this movie, we've talked many times on the podcast. There's a period starting in the 70s yeah. where Stan Lee has really stepped away from the day-to-day <laughs> operations of Marvel Comics. And he's out in Hollywood trying to turn any of Marvel's amazing characters and stories into TV shows or movies. And, of course, famously... Um, Unable to do that themselves, Marvel ends up selling off, you know, most of their comic uh, intellectual property, the film or TV rights in other places. And most of those are pretty straightforward. Some of them are weird, like um, The Incredible Hulk. There's, you know, there's the the distribution rights were sold. I think Universal holds those today. Um, yeah. So... Like Marvel Studios can make a Hulk, mo- a solo Hulk movie, but Universal gets to distribute it. You know, it's, it's you know that's a that's a weird one. Most of them were just like Sony famously bought 
Spider-Man and all the associated characters and the film and um, presumably TV rights there. Um, and, you know, we saw in recent years with Disney acquiring Marvel and then Disney acquiring Fox and um, this kind of systematic approach to repurchasing the rights. But at this time, um, Marvel will sell the rights to anyone with enough money. And uh, this German producer, Bernd, Bernd Eichinger, um, huh. buys the rights in 1983. And I'm, I'm looking right on the Wikipedia page here. Um, you know, there's some, you know, as we've talked about it many times in these, especially in these early Marvel studios or Marvel comics movies, um, you have this kind of struggle to get the film made and it passes yeah. through hands and different iterations. Um, this option apparently had a, a time limit where right. the, the option would expire on December 31st of 92 if they had not made a movie of the Fantastic Four. So after some failed attempts with um, Warner Brothers and Columbia Pictures, um, Eichinger gets this idea that in order to protect the rights, he's going to create this incredibly low budget, and I mean $1 million low budget, Fantastic Four film, and doing so will will allow him to retain the film rights. Now, um, the, with the caveat that this would never actually see the light of day, they decided to make the movie. They well, didn't I, actually have to distribute it. The, yeah, and and I'll say this is where the the history gets. Gets muddied, yeah. Muddy, depending on who's telling the story, right? Right, because some people say, oh, we showed it once to be able to hold the rights, that all the negatives were destroyed, but somebody had a bootleg, and that's what we watched. Um, by the way, we, we watched a version of this on YouTube where some poor bastard, uh, let me let me give him proper credit, <laughs> uh, is, was doing, uh, is up-converting the movie to 1080p in different um, iterations. Uh, That's a, that is a labor of love. <laughs> you must really, really fucking love this movie. Good um, lord! Why can I not find? There it is. Sorry. Hang on. Hold for one. Yeah. Now uh, I'm. I'm. Anarchy. Anarchy Productions is the An- name of okay. the, the company that's doing it. Hey, good for you guys. You know. Um, they're do they've done it with a couple other things. Three Stooges looks like they did a um, a fan edit of Crystal Skull. Good for you. The remastering of that. They did, uh, I'm they've sorry. Some... Four hundred four error uh, file not found. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Crystal Skull yeah. that doesn't exist. Yeah, they, they like to really take things that people are like. Oh, I guess this is something. <laughs> looks like they moved away and they're just doing Young Indiana Jones Chronicles and. Uh, old Three Stooges now, which <laughs> probably gets more hits than the Fantastic Four. So I will tell you, I am skeptical. That, so I think Stan Lee is probably the person behind the story that, you know, this was never going to be released. That was never the plan. Um, Stan Lee tells the story on, I believe it was on Kevin Smith's podcast saying okay. they were never told that it wasn't going to be released. They were always told that it was and that they had no idea that this was just a uh, a way to keep the distribution rights. So that's absolutely plausible. Now, Corman and Eichinger have, have denied this story saying, um, and uh, Corman said, uh, we had a contract to release it and I had to be bought out of that contract by Eichinger. So, 
Mm. Again, depending on, you know, it, it, it's very possible both those are true, right? Like, there were people intending to release it. There was a marketing campaign. Um, right. This was, you know, tentatively scheduled to release Labor Day weekend of 93. Sure. There's um, a, there's, there were, I mean, for the longest there time. There were promos, all, yeah. There were promos. There was a promo shot that's been, you know, for years listed one of the worst comic book movies. And it's them when they first entered Doom's Castle. Yeah, and Jay Underwood is pretty much. You can go find it, but th- he's making this face, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, that poor guy! They caught him at like a weird angle." Now that's just the face Jay Underwood makes this entire movie. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Oh, um, so you know, I think there's a very plausible reason why we could have not included this film in the helmet. Um, to my knowledge, it never had a full actual theatrical release. Yeah. But I think the stories are nebulous enough, and it is probably the most cult-ish of all the movies in the helmet. You know, oh, I think 100%. It I, listen, I'm not happy that we watched it, and I will I, never rewatch it. But I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, we watched it. It's part of superhero film legacy, and... Yeah. Uh, last point: that million dollar budget. That's what they had. Um, Jesus Christ! The film, you know, it gets listed with a ninety four um, release date, and this is traced back to a an ex- exhibition at the end of May in ninety four. Ninety four dollars to twenty twenty three conversion factor is two point five six. So this movie was made for today's equivalent of. Two and a half million dollars, which is not a lot of which money. Is in, you know, kind of impressive when you think of the thing, the the animations of for Johnny. Oh God, no! That's that's a stock shit. They that's terrible. No, no that, at the end when he's racing yeah. the laser. Beam, oh my God, it's so not, bad. Yeah, okay. and um, Doom's costume is now Doom's costume is never seen in full light, so maybe it's just really good lighting, uh, but it's not bad. He looks like a living Mego figure. Yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't have the the, the circles the on his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I'm like, okay, this works, I guess. So, I, so I think the, we're done. I, I'm going to say this. Oh, there's oh, some, wait. I've got some almost cast. Oh no. Okay. All right. I'm just We can't go with just yet. And then we can go right in. Fair warning. There are some things that I want to I want to give credit for because I think they deserve it. But please sure. go ahead. There, fair warning. There's also stuff that the two of us are going to do absolutely <laughs> shit all over this movie about. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Also fair. Also fair. All right. So for Sue. Renee O'Connor. Renee O'Connor. Okay. Gabriella from Xena. Zena's air quotes friend. Oh, got it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sure. I can yeah. see that. Sure. Uh, for Doom. Yep. Mark Ruffalo. N- n- that's not possible. I, what? It sounds like you just said Mark Ruffalo, and that I can't did. be correct. I, I did. Listen. What? He would have been the right age. It's perfectly. Seven, eight. Oh, my God. He would have been in his yep, mid Mid to late Mid- 20s, yeah. Wow. Okay. Right? Okay. <laughs> and lastly, for the part of Ben Grimm, yeah. Patrick Walburton. No way. Putty? <laughs> this is Putty. Right. It, it's it's clobbering time. Oh, my God. Oh, Doom. my God. It's, it's clobbering time. 
Yeah, 90. I'm looking up Ruffalo. His first acting credit is uh, 1989, one episode of CBS Summer Playhouse. And then he's got a bunch of things that released in 94. Yeah. Was okay. he in a Critter? Was he in a horror movie like Critters or a Leprechaun Ruffalo? sequel? Yeah. Mm, no? I don't okay. think so. No. All right. Well, wow. okay. All right. Uh, wait, with Mirror. I bet you Mirror Mirror 2, Raven Dance. There it is. The discovery of a demon mirror sets off a bizarre series of deadly accidents when a young girl and her brother are caught in an intricate web of evil and deceit. Hey, do you want to go watch that and then talk about that rather than yes. this movie? Because yes, I do. That sounds so much more interesting than <laughs> this pile of garbage. <laughs> okay. On that note. Okay. Eh, fuck it. Let's uh, let's roll that fucking film. <laughs> Okay, so for <laughs> once, I don't have anything to say before the actual Wikipedia review happens because I don't give a fuck. Well, I do. <laughs> um, you don't have a, uh, I, a refresh. I had to. I had to go back. I realized as we were getting ready to start, I hadn't dropped my. Oh, there in. it is. There it is. I see. All right, fine. Go ahead, you motherfucker. There are reasons to be optimistic in this movie. Now, again, we know a million dollars for a film is not much, but the movie starts out with some. What I would say is solidly generic space footage and a musical score that hints at excitement and danger. I'm watching this going, okay, maybe maybe this movie's gotten a bad rap. Okay. I mean, I'm not I'm sure I'm not gonna be blown away by it, but okay, we're starting out fine. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I completely forgot that was the beginning of the movie. <laughs> and we just both watched this. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. You mean like the planet Jupiter with a fucking blue filter over it to yeah. make it look like another? I'm like, don't close in on Jupiter's eye, the thing that makes Jupiter <laughs> famous, in a blue filter. We know we get some coronal mass ejections from the sun. I'm like, okay, something's happening here. Okay. Well, let's, Where's let's keep our mass ejections to ourselves. <laughs> I don't agree with you. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Everything on the RGB scale being turned to to negative red to make everything have a blue tint sure. made me go, oh God, no, no, well, no, everything. I, I, I'm like, okay, maybe maybe I'm going to be surprised by this movie. That's that's what I'm thinking. <sighs> okay, so all right, Reed Richards and Victor Von Doom. I don't think he's actually called Victor Von Doom in the movie because the whole thing is like Victor's dead. You can call me Dr. Doom. So anyways, yeah, um, I'm just spitballing that one. Sure. Our college friends. Now um, Mm. we get a that guy actor, the wonderful George Gaines playing the professor. Oh, you mean Punky Brewster's father? Yeah. (laughs) I was thinking Tootsie Police Academy, but yes. Punky Brewster's father. Many, many. What is he? He's always saying many, many in... um, Police Academy, but what is, is it just different things every time? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> many, many. That and just punky. Yeah. That's my uh, <laughs> that's George you, Gates. That's George Gates. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. College friends who use the opportunity of a passing comet to try an experiment. It goes wrong, leaving Victor to be believed dead. And who tells him that? Creepy bearded scientists. Yeah. <laughs> totally fine Thank with it. you. With a vague <laughs> accent. I'm sure that means nothing. It burns work. Too severe. I'm very sorry. Now, that scene starts out as a totally average TV science fiction 
episode from the 70s. It felt like we were watching the fucking Incredible Hulk. <laughs> yes, yes. 20 years prior. Yeah, yeah. But um, there's some things that, I mean, they get right. This accident and the whole Reed slash Victor dynamic is mm-hmm. is pitch perfect. I mean, they, they clearly knew what they were looking at. But then very, very quickly, the cheesy special effects really start to hint at, oh, no, you've already seen the high point of the film, and we're about two minutes in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, oh, boy. Okay, so um, Victor is believed dead. Uh, Sue, who is a fucking <laughs> child. I have a note later on, but sure. I yeah. just want to point that out. And Reed, that She is a little girl. And Reed is a this. college student. <laughs> <laughs> but it, are, are you sure Reed's surname isn't uh, Jones? Yeah, Reed Epstein. Um, Does he go by Indiana sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> you really don't like that. Uh, I don't. I don't like the fact that Indiana Jones is kind of a <laughs> child predator. No, I don't. Uh, Call me crazy. <laughs> you know, at least that is also true to Sue Storm's legacy in the comics that we've talked about in early. You know, in the early years, she was very much almost like an object that was won or pe- or uh, fought over by the the male heroes in the comics. She's literally an object in this movie. (laughs) She is thus there to be ogled the entire film. Mm -hmm. It is so uncomfortable and frustrating. Uh, So Sue and Johnny are two children living with their mother who has a boarding house where Reed lives. Awkward also. Now, I I like Reed and Ben's relationship here. I mean, again, uh, and actually this one of the, uh, who was it? Was it? Uh, Clint Morris? No. Um, Guy playing Ben Grimm? Yeah. Uh, Michael Bailey Smith. John Cena's brother? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That jaw. I'm going to say again, we're shitting all over this movie. I want to be very clear that I'm not shitting on these actors' performances. I think they're well, doing what they could. And well, The guy playing... Guy playing Reed isn't really uh, doing himself any favors. I, I mean, listen, it, you know, it's not Academy Award winning Roger Corman's Fantastic Four, but you know, it's you know, the guy's an actor; they're working. But uh, Michael Bailey Smith, Ben Grimm, I like him. Michael Bailey Smith's not bad. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, 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 so Ben Grimm and his uh, is a family friend and a college buddy of Reed's. Thank you, Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's what the right. fuck is this? There are major plot points that are missed in this breakdown, but they had to let us know that Ben Grimm is a family friend and a college buddy of Reed's. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. <laughs> Ten years later, and <sighs> is that an iMac that we see in Reed's lab? That is literally my note. <laughs> that the computer that they are that they are using is an iMac. With some fucking uh, movie theater lights yes. going around it. With some Tron tape. It, I'm like, oh, I have, uh, to quote Star Wars, <laughs> I have a very bad feeling about yes. this. That's right. Now, uh, Reed, Sue, Johnny, and Ben participate in a mission. Uh, you know, I'm shitting on Reed, but Reed's really smart right here. Ben, this is crazy. What do they know about astrophysics? That's right. That's right. That's and right. Ben gives like some like. Uh, they may not have Harvard diplomas, but they know more about this project than anyone else on Earth. Look, I know things. I know the things that I know, but I don't think I'm an expert to be able to do like this. 
So you would you wouldn't be tagging along. Got it. No. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Now, if someone else wants to fly the the spacecraft to send me up into space, tell to the us. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like Johnny and Sue's reason for being there is really kind of shaky, all the way back to the beginning, right? Like Reed is the genius. He, you know, in the original, it's a com, it's a it's a rocket, right? Um, like here, not mm-hmm. in the the later iterations, but you know, Reed invents the rocket. Ben is you know, a phenomenal pilot. He's the one person that can pilot it. And Sue and Johnny are there. And thanks for coming. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty, I got a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, oh, Jesus. Now they participate in a mission in an experimental spacecraft of Reed's as the same comet passes Earth. Unbeknownst to them, a crucial diamond component designed to protect them from the comet's cosmic rays. Comic accurate. I mean, the cosmic rays. <laughs> Sorry. As I said... I know things. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm no scientist. Okay. But I'm pretty sure that's not how any of this fucking works. Yeah. Cosmic rays are not going to be diluted by a goddamn diamond. <laughs> Let alone the a diamond that, like, I think the prop department was like, hey, remember that giant stupid hunk of shit? Of plastic. <laughs> from uh, Superman 3 that clearly looked like kryptonite? <laughs> Can we make something that looks worse? <laughs> Listen, and the guy's like, I got you. <laughs> they had $7.86 was the budget for this item. Like, it's a tight a million dollars. That million dollars goes fast. You got to be careful with your, with your funding. Uh, oh, boy. Now, <laughs> the diamond has been replaced with an imitation by a criminal named the jeweler. I just want to say anti-Semitism? Uh, ooh, a little bit. A little bit. Um, the... Character obsessed with jewelry and stealing and greed has a very, like, the caricature of evil Jews in the, oh, boy, god damn it. I was very uncomfortable. Apparently, the jeweler was originally supposed to be uh, the Mole Man. Oh, that would have, who also, to be fair, his traditional view also looks kind of like caricatures of Jews. Yeah, but he's still the way he's he's drawn the comics at least is more like he looks like Rankin Bass Hobbit. Sure. He looks like Bilbo Baggins. Yeah. From the from the Okay. Ralph Bakshi yeah. era. Rankin Bass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I guess they just they, they they like wrote the script and like, okay, it's gonna be the mole man. He's gonna have people underneath the sewers with him. And then all of a sudden they looked in their book like, oh no, we don't own the mole man rights. Oh, we'll just make up a character. Uh you know and make I'm, him super <laughs> I'm sure they did. I, I'm sure they didn't. That's the that's that's the reason oh, that was it, it really? is a jeweler. Yep. So they had the Fantastic Four, they had Alicia Masters, and they had Dr. Mm-hmm. Doom, but that's it? I believe so. Interesting. Because Mole Man is not just, I think it's because Mole Man is not just a Fantastic Four villain. I mean, I would think when you're bundling him up, he's Fantastic Four. I mean, he that's where he premieres. That's literally, isn't that literally Fantastic Four one? And the end of The Incredibles is yeah. very clearly supposed to be an homage to uh, him with the Underminer. Yeah, I mean, the iconic, I mean, it's it's Fantastic with Four With the Molten Man? One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the huge creature, Fantastic Four number one. That's well, is that? I think it's Oh, he's not I'm I'm looking. So the big green thing coming up from the I thought I always thought Mole Man was on that cover. He's not. Interesting. My my oh, right, he's not. My memory was like that was uh that was you know, Mole Man was like riding the big underground thing. I wonder 
Moments first appearance was Fantastic Four number one. Okay, all right, he's just not on the cover. All right, November nineteen sixty one. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm now looking at some of the pictures. Oh, never mind. Yeah, it, the, the uh, early he's definitely. Mole man. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, here's one where Mole Man's like buff. The fuck. I'm not familiar with that iteration of him. No, um, I'm not either. Okay. Now the jeweler, if you if you go to the Marvel fandom wiki, uh, <laughs> the jeweler is listed as connected to Earth ninety four thousand, um, which, which is got to be this the movie, Earth, yeah, yeah, of this universe. But that got me thinking. If you accept that, then theoretically, this universe is in the multiverse. Mm, God, don't even <laughs> nope. So stop. We, we we could full stop. <laughs> oh, wait, full, you, don't, you don't want to riff on this stop. one for no, a little bit. No, <laughs> sadly, sadly, the jeweler died of penis cancer. Oh, <laughs> okay. Right after the events of this movie. Oh, the cosmic rays didn't give him superpowers. They it gave him dick cancer. cancer. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> Please go yeah, ahead. He's dead. He's gone. We never have to talk about the jeweler again. Oh, except he is oddly all throughout this movie. And a little rapey near the end. Uh, yeah, they get a little bit uncomfortable. With so that. again, yeah, penis cancer. <laughs> All rapists should have penis cancer. Okay. All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, he seals the uh, the actual diamond, replaces it with a knockoff, leaving them exposed to the radiation. So before they leave for this, yes, and. Purvo, uh, Reed Richards. I mean, I feel like Chris Hansen should walk in and be like, hi, come on over here. Have a seat. <laughs> That's right. Put your giant diamond down. Yeah. Yeah. Sit, don't sit right over here. Yeah. But when they all leave, did you have the same reaction, which was, oh, my God, no. When they're all standing there and Mrs. Storm, Johnny and, and Sue's mother yeah. is like, look at you. The Fantastic Four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, movie. Yeah. That's almost as clunky as like the fourth time we get it's clobbering time. <laughs> when he says it the fourth the, the, he says it the final time, like it's clobbering time for real. Yeah, the first time I was like, oh okay, great. We it's that's his catchphrase. It's gotta show up. <laughs> By the third mm-hmm. or fourth time, I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah, it's his phrase. Especially since it never was clobbering time until that last time. That's right. He just kept saying it and be like, well, never mind. I'm not gonna clobber anybody. Uh the the lip movements on that rubber mask were surprisingly good. Well, you know, Ninja Turtles had happened three years earlier. Sure, sure. And those are pretty solid. That's true. His lip movements very much reminded me of the turtles' lip movements. Yeah. Particularly yeah. Uh, Donatello's from the first one. His lip movements were real accentuated, which is weird because um, of the four turtles, I feel like Corey Feldman mush, has the most uh, mush mouth of the four of them. <laughs> Oh, this dear. is coming from a guy who has a little bit of a mush mouth. So, you know, <laughs> you, you can say I would be like, maybe, maybe lighten up those movements. He said, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> After crashing on Earth, uh, I feel like this was just the actor, not Reed Richards, saying, What's going on here? That is the neatest crash site ever seen mm-hmm. anywhere on film or in the history of flight or space travel. It's incredibly neat and organized. Not only is it neat and organized, like, none of their suits are torn. Like, and even he points it out, probably because the suits were rentals, and they couldn't destroy them. And they are the fire-retardant 
suits. They're not space suits. They're like the, no. the ones that you wear when you're exposed to heat. Yeah. It's, yeah. But him being like, not a scratch on us. I'm like, yeah, you didn't have the budget to get all dinged up. <laughs> That's right. Those are rentals. That's right. That's right. Okay. So they discovered that the cosmic rays have given them special powers. Reed's body structure becomes elastic. Yeah. Stu becomes invisible. Or do they just put her in front of a green screen and move a green curtain in front of her? Yeah. How do they do Because that's what they're fucking doing. <laughs> Is it like a green mist? Because it, it starts to, it's not like a, like a sharp line. It's like mm-hmm. a, it's like a fade almost. It's an effect. I can't think of what it's called, Got but it. okay. it's an effect that you can like, usually it's used for the whole screen for like a wipe. Okay. Got so it. it would have that behind it. Okay. Uh, Johnny can generate fire on demand and Ben has transformed into a creature of stone-like skin. So how much of the budget went to this Th- costume? That suit. It's pretty good. It's for what it is, it's not bad. It it's on par. Doctor Doom's costume is also not bad. I mean, uh, for what they're dealing with, not horrible. My favorite thing about the Doom costume is the cape, the uh fabric of his cape and hood. Yeah. It is lo- not just like sheer like, you know, velour. It's like got like a, it has a, like a to coarse it. woven. Yeah. I'm like Marvel Take a fucking uh, page from that and make Doom's cape out of that. Yeah. Now, oddly, I don't know why. Ben Grimm and The Thing are played by two different actors. So, um, Wait, what? Michael Bailey Smith plays Ben Grimm. Carl, and I apologize, sir, I'm going to butcher your last name, Cherfalio plays The Thing. He's a very long, you know, very experienced actor stuntman. Um I know him. At, oh, he's a he's a he's a slasher film guy. He, he's an every he's been in everything. You see his actual face in Martin Scorsese's Casino. He is Tony Dogs, the guy who what's his name? The Psycho. Um, uh, oh my god! I'm not gonna be able to Joe help Pesci, you, man. Yeah, Joe Pesci's character, um, the guy that uh, Joe Pesci's character puts in the vice to torture him to fight. Tony Tony Dogs, that's the guy, Carl Cherfalio. And I'm so sorry. I had it backwards. Michael Bailey Smith is a slasher movie okay. guy. He was in the remake of The Hill, Hills Has Eyes. He was Pluto. He was in uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child, with, uh, as the Super Freddy. He was also in The Hills Have Eyes 2, different character. I'm imagining his character, Pluto, did not make it out of the first one. But yeah, I mean, when you're Jack like that, you've got, and John Cena pretty much looks just like you. Yeah. You're kind of limited on what you can do. When did Cena become a, a wrestler? Um, uh, He's a... Wasn't it? Uh, it can't be late nineties. He can't be that old, right? He's uh, oh yeah, ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine. So he, this guy made this movie, probably had a career going, and then John Cena shows up. He's like, "Fuck, we look exactly the same." That's that's right. That's right. <sighs> yeah, yeah. It's so, um, it. <laughs> I don't know if you want this audio clip, but it around forty one forty five when Ben. Uh, realizes what he is, the monster has become. The, what have you done? What have you done? Is, uh, I, I, 95% I sure I could see his uh, 
the face underneath, kind of like in in Back to Ninja Turtles, yeah, when Donatello right. laughs, you can see the puppeteer yeah. underneath. Like, oh, God, yeah. no. It, I don't want to see that shit. It, at this point, I'm going to waffle back and forth through the whole movie. This point is a perfect one. I'm really so torn about the special effects. Part of the time I'm thinking for the incredibly minuscule budget they had, you know, they did some, you know, it's good for what they had. And then the rest of the time, it looks so cheesy. So I, I honestly am torn. I got to be honest with you. So for the longest time, just, and spoiler for the end, but none of you watch this movie. Yeah. You're listening to <laughs> us. And if you haven't watched this movie, don't Duh. ever watch this movie. I mean, if you slow down at car wrecks, then sure, watch this movie, you know? <laughs> slow down at car wrecks. Just yeah. to see. Yeah. <laughs> that goes on the DVD box. <laughs> if you slow down at car wrecks, you'll like this movie, Todd Panic. <laughs> That's right. Oh, which now completes both of you because when I was asking Aubrey if she was liking Strange New World, she's like, "I'm still watching it." And I'm like, "Oh, that goes on the DVD box." Yeah, I'm still watching. I'm still it. watching it. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm on Carl Cherfalio's Wikipedia page. Okay. Um, so for so uh, he gets this call in '93 to appear in this film. They were looking for a stunt man. They were looking for somebody about six feet tall and weighed about two twenty. Or so. So he goes to the audition, he talks a little bit, and they thought that he was the guy, which, you know, was very cool. He said, while the actor who was playing Ben Grimm, Michael Bailey Smith, was tall, he was unable to fit in the thing suit, and thus Cherfalio found himself wearing the costume, which he found, quote, the hottest fucking thing, end quote, he ever wore. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I mean it's rubber, right? Like yeah. it's rubber and it's covering everything. Sure. Sure. He he doesn't even have like the mouth like Batman actors do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's literally nowhere for his body to sweat out the heat. Oh, it's got yeah, that's got to be tough. That's got to be tough. I imagine like at the end of the day walking to his trailer he's just going Yeah, he has got some swamp ass of sweat. 100%. Oh, all the swamp ass. Okay. Swamp thing is living in his ass. That's how much swamp he has. <laughs> Combat, exploration, and roleplay. These are known as the three pillars of play that make every game of Dungeons & Dragons exciting, tense, and rewarding. But we believe there's another pillar to the world's greatest roleplaying game, and that fourth pillar is creation. Are you a dungeon master who has always wanted to create your own monsters? Execute your own adventures? Design your own challenges, spells, classes, and lineages? That is what we here at the Fourth Pillar of Play, a Night Shift radio production, are doing. Learning game design by designing games. We are not professionals. We are enthusiastic amateurs, just like many of you. So join us as we review and discuss information by professional game designers and put theory into practice by creating new worlds, new monsters, and new opportunities for heroic players. I'm Josh. And I'm Talon. Join us at the fourth pillar of play, available wherever you download your podcasts, or visit us at www.fourthpillaropplay.com. And we look forward to creating with you. Commander, where are we? We seem to be stuck in an alternate dimension. And you're no longer a captain, you're a commander. Commander. Dear God! Are you a lieutenant? And why are you talking like that? Oh no, I don't. I don't know why I'm talking like that. But no, I seem uh, to have no rank. Only the title of doctor. I don't think there are admirals either. Captain. I mean, commander. I mean, 
Look, Casey, we are getting a message. It seems we have been tasked with reviewing a historical document entitled Galaxy Quest? Then there's no moment to spare. Engage! I, I, I don't think um, Night Shift Radio Legal has cleared usage of engage, so you might want to just oh. dial that back there. So. All right. Well, then, I guess it's up to us to say, join us over on the Where No Mom Has Gone Before podcast as we review 1999's Galaxy Quest. Never give up. Never surrender. Mom! Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening at Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds argue with each other. (laughs) Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. They are later captured by men posing as Marines, and they're taken to Victor, who has become the villainous monarch, Dr. Doom. If you didn't know what movie you were in by this point, (laughs) after when Doom is like, Find them! And he leaves doing what I can only describe as the Phantom of the Opera cape flip. (laughs) Which, yep, I know exactly what that is. When he did that, I was like, ah, shit. (laughs) Yep, no. From that point on, I was like, nope, there's no hope for this movie. Especially since the performance that he is giving vocally Uh is great. Sure. The performance he's giving physically is great. They are two different types of Doom. Doom, in my mind, has always written two ways. Very dark and sinister Mm -hmm. and kind of like he does. Or it is, Doom demands justice. You know, he's big and boisterous. He's Gerard Butler, right? He's doing (laughs) Gerard Butler acting with his body and doing Ron Perlman as Vincent from Beauty and the Beast level (laughs) of voice acting. Good, but it's all down here. Yeah. Like the one part where he's like, when he's trying to get them captured near the end, I'm like, that should be your one (laughs) with the amount of movement. Like at one point, I can't remember what the line he said was. Again, we just fucking watched this. And I don't remember. (laughs) Watched it right before we recorded. He does the Joey Tribbiani smell the fart acting. He for it feels like he forgets his line. He goes, What? Take my bite. Eat your... Puts his hand to his head and then says the rest of the line. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? Yeah, he does do. He does have some odd mannerisms at times with his hands, which I chalk up to the fact that 
you know, unlike the trope in most superhero films where we're going to lose the helmet or the mask or whatever's covering their face so you can see the actor performing. <laughs> that poor bastard of an actor. Joseph Culp never gets that. So nope. I think it's all like him trying to do the acting with his hands and gestures because uh, that's all he's that's all he's got to work with. But, oh. you know, this fight, I'm, you know, I'm torn again. For the budget, oh, we talking had. first fight now? Yeah, uh, sure. I mean, I, I, <laughs> first fight air quotes. I mean, it's it is it's absolutely cheesy. I you know not going to dispute that at all. But for the budget they had, I kind of feel like they did a fine job for the for what they had to work with. Sure. <laughs> okay. Right now, uh, I th- I think the worst part of it is when Sue turns invisible. And somehow is faster than these people pulling the trigger of a gun. Yeah. <laughs> and they shoot each other. And then she just rematerializes, has ducked down. I'm like, oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, Did she not have, has she not always had the ability to create force fields no. with her powers? That's a more modern. I mean, it, you know, it goes back decades, but it was not her initial appearance she could only turn invisible but at this point in the comics could she do well it, oh yeah oh yeah by the 90s okay, okay. yeah yeah okay, 100% okay. but this is around the time where ben was wearing a uh a juggernaut helmet in the comics because i don't know his face had been horribly scarred oh yeah the 90s were a fucked up time <laughs> <laughs> you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, and to like make the Fantastic Four cool, they put the helmet on Ben. Reed wore wore a like a fisherman's tactical vest. Really? Okay. Oh, and the yeah. worst. I re- I re- oh yeah. They, what we call over on where no mom has gone before. They give Sue Storm on her four. They give her uh, boob window. They oh. cut out the four, so her cleavage shows. I'm like, for fuck's sake, guys. That's unfortunate. Jesus Christ. Yeah, during... Uh, oh, you know why? Do you know why, Ben? You know who wounded him? Why he put that helmet on? Was it on? Doom? No, it's Wolverine. What? Yeah, this is during Tom DeFalco and Paul Ryan's run on Fantastic Four. During a fight in Fantastic Four 374, Wolverine cut the thing's face with his adamantium claws, leaving a nasty scar. And that's from CBR.com. Wait a yeah. minute. Paul Ryan? The... Disgraced the speaker disgraced of the house. Speaker of the house. Yeah, had a had a, uh, a lesser known first career as a comic. Well, no, I knew I didn't like him. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apologies to Paul Ryan, oh. the comic book writer. I'm sure you're a nice guy. Now, interesting. I didn't know this. Oh boy. Uh, the wound from Wolverine horribly disfigured the thing and left Ben feeling vulnerable to hide his injuries and to protect his face from any further damage. Ben subsequently donned a metal helmet very similar to the one he wore briefly back in 1962's Fantastic Four number three. Oh, that's oh. interesting. And if you if you Google uh, Marvel the Thing helmet, the the later stuff shows up. But then there's an early panel that's that's from number three. Yeah, that's crazy. I did not know that one. Oh yeah, I see it right there. Yeah. With him wearing wearing like a green workout outfit, right? Yes, with the towel around his neck. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like oh just yeah. Got the, the so the yeah. one next to it, where it's got three pictures, and it's got Ben wearing red shorts, and then it's him, the thing, um, the helmet, and then it's him wearing his trench coat. Yeah, that that trading card I have. That was a cool series they did. Oh. Each nine cards created like a section of the marvel universe oh the back of the cards i remember that no 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 the oh. front of the card oh the front oh the front of the card so this picture with the thing here 
Yeah, 93 would have been, yep. It would have, um, hang on, let me let me see if I can find this and send it to you. Well, I didn't find the Fantastic Four. Oh, yes, I did. Hang on. Oh, no, this is a cool one. Let me see if I can send you this picture. You want to drop it in the chat? Yep. <laughs> we really don't want to hey. talk about this movie. <laughs> no, this is cool stuff. This is this is cool history, and I don't know if this is staying in the episode, but fuck it. Oh. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. With Galactus and Thanos and oh yeah, well that is pretty Silver cool. Surfer. Yeah, and that's so that's how the whole thing went. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. I wish I could find the. Oh God, here it is. I just found. I got, you got to see this. Then we can get <laughs> back I? to the. Okay. Then we then we'll get back to the plot. Uh, okay. Oh my God, it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> this is the the outfit that he wore. Okay. Oh my God. Oh, why? <laughs> why? Why read? Why? Well, why Marvel? Why would you do that to yeah. him? Oh, that's so bizarre. I have this whole set downstairs. Do I wonder really? if it's worth anything. Yeah, Sky yeah, yeah. Oh. oh, Skybox. They were the that was the big leagues for for trading cards. Yeah. I have uh, like from ninety to like ninety seven. I have complete sets of all of those cards. Wow, that's. Admirable. I don't know if you know this, but I'm a giant fucking nerd. That's right. Okay. All right. So back to this. So they escape sure. from uh, Doom's Lair, uh, mm-hmm. and they meet at the Baxter building, trying oh, to decide boy. how to move forward with their superpowers. An angry Ben leaves them to go out on his own, feeling he has become a freak. And mm-hmm. to be fair, that is, you know, the longest running theme, I would say, of the, of, you know, Ben Grimm's character arc in the comics, right? I mean, that is perpetually his story. Um, I, he, yeah, he's he's what makes the difference between X Men and the Brotherhood of Mutants. The X Men, mostly aside from like Beast, mm-hmm. can hide sure. their powers in one way or the other. Um, Nightcrawler had like a image inducer, but like you, you know, you when you get to like oh, Juggernaut right. and. And, you know, Sauron and all those mutants, you're just like, yeah, you are mutants. It's not hard to tell. So it's the same idea. Like, Johnny and Sue and Reed can walk down the street and no one's going to know they have any special powers. But as we see in the coming scenes, everyone freaks out when they see Ben Grimm. Right. Yeah. Ben runs and he is found by homeless men and joins them in the lair of the jeweler. Oh, good. We're back with the jeweler. Good. Anti-Semitism is alive and well in this movie. That's right. Oh, the jeweler. Yes. I, has, uh, this was, I'm just very uncomfortable <laughs> with this point it, on with the jeweler. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's so creepy and rapey. Yes. Um, has his henchmen kidnapped the blind artist Alicia Masters. This kidnapping, this whole kidnapping, like, let's try and make a... Um, wait until dark rip off and not do a very good job of it. Sure. It's just all the awkward. It's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Whom he plans to force into being his bride. Okay. <laughs> because that always works. Intending to use a, the stolen diamonds as his wedding gift to her. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is the only place I can think to put it. Cause there's nowhere else in here to do this, but back at the Baxter building, before the launch, when Ben is still Ben, yep. when he runs into Alicia and breaks her um, 
Art, when he goes to pick her up to help her up, she's absolutely 100% right to be like, What are you doing? Put me down. He doesn't like help her up by the arm. He like, Dancer, I had the time of my life, dirty dancing lifts her in the air. I'm like, What the <laughs> fuck are you doing, man? Do you not know how to act around people? Like, I wanted the scene to end with Reed being like, What the fuck's the matter with you? We've talked about this. That's right. a big, huge man. <laughs> Doom seizes the diamond for himself. A gun battle, gun battle breaks out. I will ask you only once to stand aside. What other way to put this? A gun battle breaks out. Time's up. Between his men and the jewelers, when Ben enters the fray, Doom takes Alicia hostage. Ben threatens to, quote, clobber Doom. Wikipedia. It's clobbering time. Not us. Alicia begs to risk uh, him not to risk it and confesses his love for him. In I'm going to go ahead and say the worst line reading we will have in any past movie, in the obviously. Podcast. Yeah. In the future, too. Ben, no! <laughs> and the musical turn right there. Uh, I'm, I hope you just dropped that in. Oh, because it is. It's. It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, how, so her confession changes Ben back to human form. How? Yeah. And also, shouldn't they interrogate that a little more the rest of the movie? <laughs> uh, well, it's only, you know, it's short lasting because a few moments later he rages and then transforms back into the Hulk. I mean, yeah. the thing. Yeah. Um, you know what that whole scene, the, the battle between the jeweler's henchmen and Dooms, you know what that felt like? Um, I'm. Sh- have you been to Universal Studios Islands of Adventure in Florida? I have not. Well, one of the rides there, and this goes back like the original Islands of Adventure, all the Marvel stuff, which, mm-hmm. again, you could buy Marvel character rights, and Universal Studios bought the, the um, Marvel Comics character rights for amusement parks east of the Mississippi, which right. is why uh, Walt, um, which is why Disneyland has Avengers Campus, but uh, not Walt Disney World. Um, the one of the original rides, Doctor Doom's uh, Tower of Terror. It's a, it's the drop. You know, it raises you up. It's the you, Tower of Terror. Yeah. yeah. Going through it, there's uh, there's a cartoon story as you're you know waiting in line getting through the thing and you're like inside doom's fortress and his ominous looking lab and everything but it's got that same kind of like you know late 80s early 90s cartoonish vibe it it feels the exact same way i'm wondering if anyone has been to that uh it tell Tell us what you what you think about that. If you somehow have managed to watch this movie, which I'm not saying don't watch. No, no. don't watch this movie. Don't watch this movie. Uh, Never mind. If yeah. you've been on the Doctor Doom, I don't think it's called the Tower of Terror because that is Disney. Disney's is called Tower of Terror. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, the fright. You, go ahead. I'll find it. I was going to say uh, the second last time I was in Florida was oh. in 1998. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Okay, it's uh, Dr. Doom's Fear Fall. That's what it is. Fear Fall. It's a tower, but it's a tower. It's a tower of terror. Yeah. (laughs) Just don't tell Disney. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, I was there uh, with my high school corral, and we sang at Universal and then got to go on some rides there. Oh. Uh, And then we also sang at Epcot. 
That sounds right. I can't remember. Okay. People, that was like almost 30 years ago. Um, <laughs> the only th- the Tower of Terror what made me think of that is that we rode the actual Tower of Terror. Yep. Have you ever ridden the actual Tower of Terror? Yes. So when it's like, welcome to the Tower of Terror, and it opens up, and then you just do the little drop, and then you do the rest. Yeah. The person I went on it, who was my friend, screamed so loud, and I was like, oh, I hope she doesn't do that again. She then proceeded to do it the entire time we were going up and down and up and down. And I'm like, well, my ear is bleeding now. Thank you so much. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. So, oh, an island of adventure was literally being announced when we were there. I was like, well, what the fuck? When's the next time I'm going to be in Florida? Yeah. Flash forward, my honeymoon, we <laughs> stayed at a time. One of my, my parents are part of a timeshare that's not a timeshare it's hotels all over the country and the world yep and that was the one that was open so we went there and we went to universal (laughs) surprise surprise i could not fit convince danny to go to (laughs) the fucking (laughs) islands of adventure oh Oh, wait no i'm sorry islands of adventure was closed down for harry potter to be built that's right that's that's unfortunate and rebranded so we went a couple years ago we brought the kids and uh one, they've not updated anything inside those. Um, the Spider-Man ride still holds up, although it's funny to go to walk through the, you know, the the press room, the newsroom of the Daily Planet, and it's mm-hmm. a mix of like typewriters and about maybe a third of the desks have computers, but they're the big bulky they're, CRT. they're CRTs. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I was like, oh, the, hey kids, this is what uh, computer monitors look used to look like. Yeah. Now. When Ben returns to his friends, Reed has learned that Doom is actually Victor. <sighs> Do you have a thought there? You have a reaction? Yeah. Uh, to quote Nicolas Cage in The Rock, how in the name of Zeus's butthole <laughs> does he figure this out? Uh, I think it's something, it's a reference back to Colossus, the the comet. It's like a decoder ring bullshit going on. Yeah. Somebody called it Galactus in the beginning. The mom uh, called it Galactus. I was like, oh, hang on. <laughs> I wonder if that's a Easter egg. Yeah. 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 No, we we don't won't get Galactus until uh, <laughs> uh, uh never, never. We have not got them yet in MCU, maybe. Now yeah. uh Doom contacts them and threatens to use the diamond to power a laser cannon that will destroy New York City unless they surrender to him. In this scene, why is Sue the only one wearing her costume? Oh, that's right, because she's the girl. That's right. I love the stock footage of, I don't know what it's from, but it's that stock footage you've seen a million times of these wooden structures being hit by a blast wave, and um, this just has a red filter over it. Oh, 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 the the nuclear tests. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Uh, that's what that is, the nuclear tests out in uh, Arizona. Los Alamos. Los Alamos, thank you. Yep. Um, re- yeah, that's what that footage is. Got it. Now, realizing that they are the only ones who can stop him, they don costumes and travel <clears> to Doom's <throat> castle where they confront waves of his military forces. Um, I feel very bad for these actors when Doom <laughs> is draining their powers and they're in the, the, the force field things. Um, just, I just feel bad for them. I, I feel I, bad. You know, I feel the worst for Jay Underwood. Because the instant they get hit with the green light, Jay does like a, oh, this is painful. No, no, one, else no one else is doing it. It's like in uh, Ocean's Eleven when Don Cheadle comes back from the sewer 
Yeah. He's covered in the sewage. So. So unless we intend to do this job in Reno, we're in Barney. Barney Rubble. Trouble. If you watch, Matt Damon is covering his face with his <laughs> thing and like acting like it smells, and no one else is doing right. it. And right. poor, like, just leave him hanging. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Damon's just like, thanks a lot, guys. Fuckers. <laughs> I didn't notice it until this scene, but Reed turns at one point. Did you like the big bulky Velcro strip holding the top of his costume together? The answer is no. Yeah. I did not. <laughs> I did not. I also don't like that between the crash and when they're what are your superpowers montage with the obvious evil scientists. Like right. the instant he walked in the scene, I'm like, oh, he's a bad guy. Got it. Great. <laughs> Johnny's hair grows like four inches. Well, you know, it uh like his hair is like your length at the crash, and then it is my length. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and for those of you at home, there is a drastic length difference between the two of us right. here right now. That's right. As Reed battles him, Doom manages to fire his laser, but is knocked off a balcony wall. This fight, so clearly at this point, they have no budget for this fight. Yeah, this shoestring at this point. Reed punches the guy in the full plate armor and somehow beats him. Somehow knocks him out and isn't like, oh, my, my hand. Like, yeah. If they had been able to, like, how much more would it be to make Reed's hand doom like, size? Like the, yeah. Y- yeah. Like the, like the Ms. Marvel Biggin time. In Biggin. In Biggin. Yeah. In Biggin. Yeah. Um, now, there we go. Jesus. As he got there. clings to the wall, as he clings to the wall, Reed tries to rescue him, but Doom's gauntlet comes loose and he falls into the fog below. <laughs> In a really bad looking effect. But like it worked in Superman 2. It, it worked in Superman 2. It Did does not, not work here. here. Doom's Gauntlet is still on the balcony. It starts to move on its own. So I guess leaving it open for a sequel. But how? It's in a Doom bot? What's happening? Yeah, sure, sure. Why not? Uh, meanwhile, Johnny has become the human torch. Oh, my sweet baby Jesus. This animation. <laughs> I had heard legend of how bad this was. Yeah. I had heard that it was, but I always had been told it was hand-drawn. Because when he uses his flame earlier to try and break out of the... Sure. That's very clearly animation. And then it's yep. a practical over when he, you know, t- pretty much does what Chris Evans does in uh, the first Fantastic Four with the sure. snapping. I'm like, oh, yeah, yep. this is cool. But, oh, my God. Like, it doesn't look I- like Jay Underwood. It's not the same build as Jay Underwood. This is clearly... Built for something else, and they just let them use it as a favor. It, this looks like when you see like the rough cuts of special effects, yep. and you have like the yep, that's you know, exactly like what it the, is the blocky humanoid figure that's clearly going to be the Hulk or whatever. Oh that's what God, it looks it's like. So yeah. bad. Ooh. Johnny then flies off to intercept the laser's shot, deflecting away from the city and into outer space. Uh, and yeah, that the animation, it doesn't get any better as, as he's racing a laser beam, which travels at the speed of light. That is, he's just going like this the whole time. Yeah. Even when he's turning, <laughs> it's just, it. you know what it looks like? It looks like the shitty video game effects from yeah. <laughs> Superman 3. But those were supposed yeah. to be kind of shitty because... It's, those are supposed... Yes, it looks like the Intellivision. Oh, my God. Okay. Ben frees Alicia and finally introduces himself to her. She feels the rocky surface of his face, but is not phased by his altered appearance. Probably the most important and serious question of the night. Sure. 
they 100% fucked right at the end of this, right? Yeah. Like, they just stripped down and got to Bone Town right there, then and there. You know, it strikes me of the old adage, right? If you're thinking about how they were to do that, you know, there's an expression, everything's a dildo if you're brave enough. Mm -hmm. So I think Alicia is just a brave woman. She's a brave woman. She's like, it's it's made of rock. Fine. I got this. (laughs) I'll smooth it out for you. Uh, do you remember the era did you ever see the era where the thing mutates further and he's still rock but he becomes like spiky rock almost like he was in the josh trank fantastic four yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. um now the four dedicate themselves to fighting evil and reed and susan marry in their fucking costumes in a scene that feels very much like the end of the uh rise of the silver surfer i was like this feels like that wedding god and the, and three-fourths of them are in their costumes if i was sue and i showed up there and my brother and my the person i was marrying were both in our superhero suits i'd be like go get some fucking tuxes i'll wait <laughs> you know i wore my air force uniform my dress blues when my father got married uh, remarried when I was in the service. Totally yeah, acceptable. So it, there's totally a, a precedent for you know wearing um, uniforms. <laughs> Second serious question: Did your uniform have a giant fucking four on it? <laughs> no, it did not. It did not. Then you're fine. It had three stripes, but it did not have a four. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> God damn it! So as they're driving away in the limo, Reed extends his arm. That's obviously just like someone with a oh. broomstick, and they put an arm on the end of it, waving it back and forth. I mean, we, and the, that well, the one oh, go ahead. Well, you got the more? one special effect we have not talked about is Reed's stretching, which you can very easily see in the trailer on YouTube. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. It's like you you put a PVC pipe inside a thing and just with a hand at the end. It's it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. It's like what they would have on yes. set. Yes. So that like the, the place they had holder. stuff to yeah. practically interact with. Yeah. And we'll yeah. erase it. We'll, and, fix you know. it. we'll fix it in post. Yeah. No. <laughs> the, oof. But yeah. doof. So I got nothing else. You got anything else? I got nothing else. All right. Then I'm just going to say and movie. Oh, oh my God. Casey. God damn it. We never oh, we never have to. We are done with all Fantastic Four oh, movies in the helmet. God. Oh God. The it was, end. Good and bad. I mean, in a very like almost unhealthy way, I'm intellectually satisfied that I have now seen this. And I can speak to people about it. I, f- I feel like it's a it's a notch on our belt that yeah. we never <laughs> we saw. Never and now, like, that's true. <laughs> but but th- that we never wanted. But also now we yes we have that. So yes. yeah, yeah. I I'm I'd seen bits and pieces. Yep. Um, I've seen I, clips. I've owned a physical bootleg of it for a long time. And every time I go to grab it, I'm just oh I just downloaded it off of YouTube. But a yeah. much much shittier rendering than this. <laughs> like this was like ten years ago. Yeah yeah. And I I just every time I went to go play, I'm like I can't. Yeah. And then we started this podcast. And I'm like, eventually I'll have <laughs> eventually to watch it. I'll have to. And we <laughs> no, you know what? only want to see it the one time. <laughs> it's like the 1990 Captain America movie. It's behind us. Don't have to worry about it again. Right? Oh, my God. Thank God. Let's look forward after yes. we talk about some questions we for do. this movie. Yes. Uh, Todd? Yeah. Uh, Who was your favorite character? You know, honestly, 
And it's Ben Grimm slash The Thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's, uh, yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I, if I got to like something that, yeah. It's The Thing's um, mouth. <laughs> okay. It's the best effect in the entire movie. Okay. Therefore, it is my favorite character. Okay, got it. All right. Okay, perfect. Uh, hey, Casey, I know this is a tough one for you. What's the best scene in the movie? When Reed and Sue get married. <laughs> They're driving <laughs> away, and it says the Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the end. Uh, oh, you, wait. We we completely negated over when they escape Doom's Castle and go back to ba- Baxter Building. We get a 1983 The Transformers uh, switch to that scene with the number four. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like, it was the nail in the coffin that this was a shit movie. Yeah. Uh, for me, it is the it's the opening when it's just the you know the stock footage of space and the mu- music score. Sure, I put was, that on a loop. Have some jazz sure. gummies. You're gonna love um, it. Yeah, so happy, so happy. Wait, did you have a jazz gummy before me? No, but I wish <laughs> I, I wish I had. I wish I had. <laughs> uh, hey, Todd. Uh, we just talked about the best scene. <laughs> what would be the scene you would cut? Well, Casey. Did you um, just take a jazz gummy? I sure did. Um, <laughs> oh the scene I would cut. Um, the the jeweler. I don't know why he's there. Doesn't make sense. Once you lose the all the old jeweler man, stuff, yeah, yeah, get rid of that. It could have just been his henchman that went in and got it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would cut the the Jekyll and hiding of thing. Mm. In all the shitty, stupid things that make no sense in this movie, that is the shittiest, the stupidest, and makes the least sense. Agree. Because that's unless they were just thinking that they might make a sequel, so they pinpointed that in there, so they have that with Doom's moving hand that maybe Ben could eventually. It's like Beast in Days of Future Past. Sure, sure. Which is also dumb <laughs> and negates the reason behind Beast. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and then finally, Casey, who is the actor having the most fun? <laughs> George Gaines. George Gaines. Yeah, I was just thinking George the same Gaines. Thing. He's got a fucking day. Yeah. On set. He probably made a couple thousand bucks. Good yep. for him. Good for him. And he got out before uh before it got too bad. Yeah. Now, Casey, I'm sure yeah, you're right. going to be shocked to hear <laughs> or would you like to guess at what the IMDB rating for this movie is? Oh, this has got to be in the mid threes, maybe a two. Three point eight. Which I think is shockingly Generous. high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Generous. Yeah. Oh, this is zero. This it's is a zero. this is a zero. Yeah. Uh, other, there's no. Re- I no. Yeah. There's nothing. Uh, other than as a curiosity in comic book, you know, superhero movie history. Yeah. There's 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 nothing here, which leads into the dad's breakdown. Watch it with kids. No, no. Watch it no, with no, no watch one. Watch it with anyone. No one should don't, watch this. Don't watch it. Yeah. The okay. end. Which leads to... And now it's time to pick the next movie from Thor's Helmet. <sighs> Listen, we, uh, I'm not... Uh, you know, you were feeling the pressure it, here, last season. Yeah. It can't be any worse than the movie we just reviewed. Now, why would you say that? Why would you say that? There's, there's some. There's still no. bad movies in here. But it's not going to be as worse. <sighs> this is the worst movie we've reviewed on this podcast. Okay. All right. I got a slip here. All right. All right. Quick glance. There's, it's it's not DCU, not MCU. There's some more words. Okay. Oh, actually, so I'm not upset about this, but I okay. can't imagine you're going to be happy. 
And I wonder how Colin feels about the return of the Big Blue Boy Scout, Superman Returns. Oh, fuck. We're just burning through Superman movies, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Um, aside from Sexual Predator... Um, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey and Brian Singer. Uh, oh, yeah. We got two oh, yeah. next oh, time. Yeah. I kind of love this movie. Except for the fact that the thing that that bothers me the most, and Kevin Smith pointed out because someone pointed out to him, so I'm pointing out to you, Superman never throws a punch the entire movie. Oh, that's boring. Um, <laughs> You're just kind of like, I get that he's a big blue boy scout, but there's a, there's a point to, to punch. Yeah. Brandon Routh does a phenomenal job. He, he yes. it's. Uh, I feel bad for him. I was happy he had that opportunity to come back as um, Adam. In oh, the TV? he comes back as Superman on. Oh, in in the in in an Elseworld, in, he's the oh, Kingdom Come Superman. Oh, that's right, that's and right. Todd, if, just do yourself a favor before we continue. Google Brandon Mouth Ralph Kingdom Come Superman, and just go ahead and look at those pictures and tell me that's not right out of the fucking comics. Okay, um, but I liked this movie when it came out. Oh yeah, oh that's pretty good. That's right? pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The gray, oh, fuck. yeah, with, um, yeah, with the black in the in the ass, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, well, do, would you like to take a guess at the IMDb rating for 2006 Superman Returns? Seven. Uh, I feel like you were on the right track first. Six point one. Wow, that's pretty low. I think it's. I think it's low. It's. I think it's a better movie than that. Yeah. All right. Look, it's been a minute since I watched this, and we could both sit down and finish the movie. And be like, what the fuck were we thinking? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I haven't seen it in years and years. So, um, well, why don't we watch a trailer? Yeah. You've been gone a long time. Where did you go? Hello. Yeah, well, you've been gone. Fearless reporter Lois Lane is a mommy. But if you ask me, she's still in love with you know who. How could you leave us like that? I moved on. So did the rest of us. The world doesn't need a savior. And neither do I. This is kind of a little reunion, isn't it? Heck, I'm a fan. I'll have advanced technology. Thousands of years beyond what anyone could throw at me. But millions of people will die. Billions! You wrote that the world doesn't need a savior. But every day I hear people crying for one. Come on, let me hear you say it just once. You're insane. No! <laughs> no, it was the other thing. Superman will never. 
So the interesting thing about this movie, much like another movie that Brian Singer directed, this tries to delete Superman three and four. Yeah. This technically <laughs> is like a retelling of it's, after his battle with Zod and the Kryptonians. They it's the, lightly mention it in the beginning. It's the X Men. Days of Future Past. Yeah, erasing. Yeah, it's erasing Days of Future Past. Yeah. Or erasing X-Men 3. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so that'll be interesting to do, especially since we're so close to doing Superman 3. Yeah. And I do not believe Colin will be able to join us. Uh, I can't share why, but there's some... Stuff happening, yeah. Stuff that's going on positive for Colin, but would be negative if he he came on and... uh, Yeah, that's fair. Shit all over... um, (laughs) Okay. So that'll be for next time. Yeah. And uh, mm. not upset about that, to be honest with you. No, I'm I'm interested. In, well, where is this on HBO Max? It is on HBO Max. Oh, good. I didn't want to have to pull out my DVD of it. Yeah. <laughs> and watch it in 1080p. Oh, my. Now, Casey, we have shared a whole lot of thoughts about this movie and a variety oh of God. other topics. If our listeners want to share their thoughts with us, how can they track us down? Well, you can find some more of our thoughts every once in a while on Twitter at uh, TSPHC Tweets. On Instagram, we are Superpod HeroCast. We also have a Hive and a Mastodon. I'm trying to get ahead yeah. of the curve of the eventual destruction of uh, Twitter. Can't wait for it. Praying <laughs> for it every day. Sure. And I don't even pray. Um, <laughs> but though you can find the rest of those, all the liner notes for that. All that is in the liner notes. Sure. Um, for the podcast, if you want to send us an email, you can do that by going to superpodherocast at gmail.com because only Cap writes letters. Tony. Uh, thank you to Night Shift Radio and Michael and Sabrina for bringing us into this. Yeah. Uh, we'll take this time where go find our socials in the liner notes too. Let's take that time to, instead of talk about us, let's talk about the amazing people here at Night Shift Radio. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having us be a part of this family for so many years now. Um, and, you know, show your support in any way you can with. Um, tweeting out their stuff go listen to their podcast you can find all that stuff at nsrad.io or yep. at nightshiftradio.com whichever yeah. one you want to do yep 100 percent. there's some great stuff there uh we are honored to be part of the night shift family 100 music for the podcast comes to us from two places our theme song is take a chance by kevin mcleod you can find his music at incompetech.com our beer music is Feather Duster by Shane Ivers. Find his music at silvermansound.com. So that'll do it for the Superpod HeroCast for this week. For Todd Panic, I'm Casey Ryan. And for Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Panic. And I've been your moderator, Danny Ryan. Be heroic. All right. All right. Uh, oh, boy. Okay. We're almost to the end, Todd. Hey, Casey, we're doing a great job here. (laughs) Good job, us. Yay. (laughs)